after pulling an all-nighter, Ellen Farnside looks pretty tired. She's got rings under her eyes. She's a little bit pale, but she's also holding four crowns. And then she has a little bowl with eight rings. And she brings these out. And she passes you a crown each and a ring set with a small red gemstone each and a ring set with a small blue gemstone each. Not like beautifully made jewellery. They're more wires carefully spiralled together. And in addition to the gems on the rings and these decorated coils on the sides of the crown, on the front of the crown there is a round disc with several fine strings strung across it and tiny miniature versions of this on the rings and as you pick them up they start to resonate with a harmony that Tristan can really feel going through them. and you know Tristan helped with that he Thank was you. showing her the music and showing her how it was inscribed in the tomb below where he first learned it and so that is part of this magic and she passes these around and she says place the crown on your head put the red ring on your right hand first finger red for right then the person whose memory you wish to enter so this will be you Adam must place the blue ring on their finger first and after a moment the rest of you place the blue ring on your finger and you will be in their memories when you have seen enough any of you can simply remove the ring from your left hand and you will be back where you are now Adam if you do that everyone will be thrown from the memory space. Understood. Bear this in mind. And I suggest you lie down before you begin so that we don't accidentally cause anyone falling over or anything like that. As far as I know, this will work perfectly well. But I haven't had a good chance to test it. So you may find there are some slightly unexpected things. At any point, remove the rings and you'll be clear of the memories. And is this is this just a trance that we're going into? We, we're not in danger of like physically acting it out or anything? It, you will, in its essence, be reliving as a dream. Okay. They're based on something used for guided dreaming sometimes by uh, priests, very occasionally. It's quite obscure, but it's rad as hell. Is there a way we can completely wipe all of Adam's memories out of interest? <laughs> why, why do you ask that? Like anything we could anything we could do to do that or to avoid it. I'm going to do the inverted commas thing right in front of him. <laughs> you are only viewing the memories. You will not be able to change them in any way. What you experience should be exactly what he recalls. But should it go wrong it's more likely to be that there'll be ideas that some of you have that appear as though in a dream. So it can influence it. You're not 
you wouldn't be changing his memories, it's just your experience would be less accurate. But we could always try and change his memories, couldn't we? Why like, would you want to change well, well, my well, memories? Well, Adam, uh, this is a private conversation, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's about me, though. <laughs> Rude. I'll turn to her. God, some people. <laughs> We're Josh and Adam. Your, your mind is safe in our powerful, powerful grasp. <laughs> We should go for a swim before we start this. Oh yeah, freshen up. Get uh, get ready. Really fancy. Just a little bit of a dip. Yeah, because I'm feeling a bit slippery right now. <laughs> and I'm going to look over my shoulder at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and give a little wink and say, I'll never tell. <laughs> Tristan, who are you talking to? Oh, 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 no one, no one. I'm going to ram the crown on my head and power into the memory before it's even started. Just to get out and just crumple to that. the floor. You just it onto your middle finger. Oh, yeah, I've done it all wrong. It's onto my middle finger. And I just crumple like a puppet and someone's cut my strings. <laughs> yeah, she says, I wonder how long it'll take him to realise he's just wearing some jewellery until the dream begins. I'm standing uh, out on the floor, <laughs> looking up through squinted eyes to see if you've noticed. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, wow, the, these memories are amazing, you guys. Get in here with me quick. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> so, once Tristan is done with his clowning antics, do you uh, follow this procedure reasonably accurately? Right, yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll lie down and make myself comfortable and... Put on the, the rings. Yeah, it's a, li- it's a little uncomfortable. The wire work crown is a... Press it in a bit, but it's fine. And then you find yourself in your own past. For centuries, the mountain-top monastery of al was a retreat. A place to find serenity and study the holy ways of a world at peace. The elegant wooden buildings and cherry blossom pathways between them are no different today. In the 17th year of the war against the relentless power of the broken wheel. But now they're surrounded by a fortified wall. And where once visitors spent their days in study and meditation, the Order of the Thunderous Vow trained their minds and spirits for the defence of Sukhavalon. Above all, very literally, hangs the impossible shape of a huge vessel, the dreadnought Asperitas, sometimes referred to as the Iron Hawk, casts an angular shadow over the mountainside as the forces of the Thunderous Vow and the 9th and 17th Infantry Brigades embark. Below the mountain, much of the land between here and Westreach is held by the Broken Wheel, and intelligence reports agree that the Crocodile Lords are planning a massive rite of rending that will grant them huge power at an unknowable cost to the world. The Iron Hawk flies to stop them, but the mission is far from simple. The results, anything but guaranteed.
welcome to Crudely Drawn Swords, the actual play podcast in which five adventurers try and head off disaster by flying a massive airship dreadnought thing. Crudely popped pistols. (laughs) (laughs) With me, as always, are the four players who regularly play the Hawks. We're not going to go around and do our introductions as usual quite yet, because today is a little bit different. Today we are playing a new game. Today we are playing Kingdom by Ben Robbins. And here to introduce the concept of the kingdom <laughs> is Ben Robbins. Oh, Ben, welcome back! Thanks for coming yes, in. Yes, that's right. It's me, Ben Robbins, creator of Kingdom, Follow, and Microscope. Oh, ben Robbins, what a guy. Well, I genuinely thought you might have Ben Robbins there. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? He, he did. Oh. That was him. Kingdoms are all around us. Groups are stronger than individuals. And in a kingdom, we can work together. <laughs> it's uncanny. This voice at all tonight. Never seen in the so same place good. at the same time. Best thing ever. <laughs> Love it. In a kingdom, we can work together to do great things. But we may not agree on what path our kingdom should take or what it should stand for. Can your vision of the kingdom work with mine? Can everybody get what they want? Because if you're part of the kingdom, it makes demands on you too. You're pressured to do what it thinks is right. The question becomes, do you change the kingdom? Or does the kingdom change you? (laughs) He's basically like David Bellamy. (laughs) I can see him sort of squinting in as he's talking. Oh. All right, so I, I will say that in my mind, straight up, what I'm doing there is an excellent impression of Richard Nixon. It's not That's very different. He'd be very pleased it. to hear that if he ever listens to it. I mean, like, I hear Nixon is is quite an American hero. <laughs> he's, he's a he's a popular character, um, and he loves actual so, play podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> crazy for them. So in Kingdom, we create a set of characters. We have a main character and a minor character. Our major characters each have a role within the Kingdom, and that role can change as the game progresses. Each character can be either Power, who has authority over the Kingdom. They decide what the Kingdom does and what it doesn't do. Or players can be Perspective, They understand the kingdom, both its merits and flaws, and can foresee the consequences of the decisions the kingdom makes. Or you can be touchstones. They reflect the desires of the people of the kingdom. The touchstone's attitude shows us what the populace wants and how they are reacting to what's happening. Hang on, Stu is our only touchstone? He is, so whatever his character feels is what the world feels. Oh, man, that is going to be one horny population. (laughs) (laughs) He's basically GB News, but for, like, (laughs) the population of the Dreadnoughts or something. No, because uh, it represents the view of everyone. Actual everyone, rather than some chumps. Not the view of two billionaires. Yeah, so, fundamentally, 
only perspective characters can tell us the consequences of the decision. The game plays out in a series of crossroads, and the crossroad is a tough decision that confronts the kingdom. You play out a series of scenes, and during those scenes, the characters who have perspective are able to tell us what will happen on either side of the decision at the crossroads. The crossroads must have a yes or no format. And so perspective characters will be able to say, if yes, this, or if no, this. And so part of your role as perspective is to make the decision more complicated or challenging. But perspective can't make the decision. Only power can make the choice of yes or no. Okay, wow. But the touchstone is the only one who can tell us what the people actually want. So what the touchstone wants is what the kingdom wants. I suspect what the people actually want is going to be something batshit crazy. (laughs) (laughs) What the people want is nudity. (laughs) Nudity and oiled up abs. What the people want to solve this is veganism. (laughs) What? (laughs) If you feel your character has changed and your old role doesn't suit you anymore, you can change roles to something that fits better. And if someone is using their role to take the kingdom in a direction you don't like, you can overthrow them and take their role for yourself. Interesting. So if things do go a little bit crazy, then it might come down to some overthrowing having to take place. Mutiny, is it, boys? I didn't like mutiny. <laughs> well, I'm not going to make it easy for you. Well, the thing is, they then gain a new role. So supposing that the touchstone is representing the people and taking the kingdom in a direction that I don't agree with as a perspective, I can overthrow them and replace them as touchstone. But they now, because they've been leading the people, maybe they become power. Oh, that's interesting. Or maybe they become perspective. So they gain a new role and our story has to flex to explain how they get this new role. So it always becomes a question of how you play your role, whether you overthrow. And there is also, if perspective makes a prediction that you disagree with fundamentally, then you can overthrow them. And unless someone else whose perspective picks up their prediction, it falls by the wayside. But they now have a new role, so they're still changing things in a different way. You also have an option to do something called fight or fit where you say, I want to contest that. And then the person who's made the forecast says, all right, this is, we can change it if, and you have to, they set a condition that you have to decide if you can accept that. And so it becomes the negotiation. We'll, we'll talk that through when we, uh, if it comes up. Also, if anyone of us thinks things have gone too far, the kingdom could reach a crisis and risk destruction ending our game. Okay. Push for what you want, but be ready to face the consequences if you push too far. So each turn follows the following steps. There is a crossroad. If there's already one in play, uh, that's the situation you're dealing with. If you just finished one, make a new one now. Then you get to play a scene with your main character. This is your spotlight time to show what your character thinks and does around the crossroads. 
Then you check a box on the crossroad. If you think the kingdom is in trouble or heading towards destruction, you can check crisis instead. And then after that, each player can describe how their main or minor character reacts to what's happening. So you don't have to wait for a scene. After someone's done a scene, you can say, oh, my character thinks this was terrible. Or if you're playing perspective, you can say, given this, if yes, then this will happen. And then if all the boxes for a crossroad or crisis are full, it comes to a conclusion and you resolve it now. So we have this aerial dreadnought. Yes, Beritas, also known as the Iron Hawk. And this is a huge, impossible airship, almost like a flying carrier with space for a lot of troops on board, a large crew, powered, lifted by a mixture of balloons and magical effects. And it kind of travels through the air in a way that is very intimidating because it looks like it just shouldn't be impo- shouldn't be possible shouldn't be impossible it just shouldn't be impossible why is this impossible this huge flying brick makes perfect sense some of the balloons are unicorns <laughs> it's just got like got like birthday balloons when the war efforts got pretty bad at this point i'm imagining that like the dude who hangs around in the middle of town with a bu- with a whole yeah, load of balloons. That would be unbelievable. That's it. If they're saying, why is this so... Well, I can't even remember what it was. It's like the guy in Up. Yeah, why, why is this basically what if Up but an aircraft carrier? <laughs> 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 I, that, that's quite... And everything's kind of brown and bronze because steampunk. <laughs> and so as we watch, the gangplanks are lowered. People are climbing up. I, perhaps there's like a tower on the monastery and then there's a gangplank across from the tower onto the deck of the Iron Hawk. And so as we see that loading, we see the first of our main characters, the Juris of Faith. Uh, yeah, so this is uh, Juris of Faith, Adam Eaglank, um, looking a little bit smarter than we've used to see him. Very furrowed brow, uh, as he kind of holds his hat on as the wind nice. starts to pick up, uh, and he's kind of marching down, yeah, the one of the uh, decks of the of the zeppelin thing, and up the lines above the central tower, and among the balloons, we see swinging between them the figure of Hercules Garrick. So yeah, very very strong. Um, limbs because a lot of sort of bouncing from balloon to balloon kind of they, they know us as a balloon ba- ba- baboons balloon baboons that's that's just <laughs> that's just what people call us because uh, you know it's not my official title but uh, that's what it is um, so uh, you know I'm kind of head tailor on that so um, at my hip there's um, a can you know when you have like a thieves kit but it's got like different types of needles um, pin cushion and different types of thread that kind of thing. So any given opportunity can bounce from balloon to balloon. Boom, boom, boom. Sewing up the hole. Okay. Nice. Biting off the thread with your teeth. Don't need no scissors. Got them just in case. Um, and that. Presumably you have super secure holsters for anything sharp. Oh, like for sure. All your scissors and needles, super holsters <laughs> so you don't have any accidents. 
Yeah, but I won't have accidents. I'm professional balloon baboon. We are, we are precise. And we can sew up anything you damn like. You're going to get stitched up if you mess with the balloon baboons. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. We never drop our pins and then get them stuck in our feet later on. No, because that would cause the whole thing to deflate and the vehicle to crash. Well, no, because we just sewed it up before that even happened. We we like got super good hearing for like sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, careful when you go to the toilet. <laughs> just sew it up. I like the idea that the also you're referred to as the balloon baboons not only because of like your body shape and the way you move, but also because that's the sound it makes when you bounce Ba-boom. between them. Yeah, the sound of balloons knocking into each other, and so we travel down the front of the hull, and then at the very front of the ship, there are the great windows that lead into the bridge as we travel through there at her post we see Debediah Moonhawk the Juris of War she is smartly dressed, polished black boots black trousers a pinstripe waistcoat and she wears a black overcoat with silver brocade and yet sewn into it are steel panels powerful of strong armour and she bears the revolver justice. She is the commander of this mission as things stand. And then as we travel around the hull, we see a kind of glass bubble with lenses and telescopes protruding in various directions. This is where we will find Amos Spades. Yeah, and um, Amos Spades is the reconnaissance uh, officer, um, and he's something of almost like an eccentric engineer uh, type. So the the bit of the ship that uh, he's found in got all manner of different sort of lenses and, and telescopes that can sort of see different types of things. Um, some of them uh, are things that he can actually see and others are just sort of flights <laughs> of fancy that uh, he will tell people that uh, that he's capable of, of seeing and then sort of make up on the fly perhaps um and then in addition to that there's a, a little stock of field equipment um principally among it uh, a big sort of old you know like the american midwest sort of snake oil salesman <laughs> and like whenever you see them in a film they turn up with a, a big wagon they're like <laughs> look here everybody <laughs> what i've got um so one of those except that's covered with sort of cogs and um uh, and again, sort of series of different sort of lenses and sort of little screens to to read out things on some pretty naff-looking sort of drone things, like a, me- like a clockwork mechanical worm that just kind of drags itself along and sort of plants itself somewhere really obvious, uh, and uh, sort of relays back sort of equip- uh, relays back sort of sound in a uh, a very sort of poor <laughs> manner. And so we travel from there back into the galleries, the outer corridors, and then the inner corridors, and then the very heart of the Dreadnought. And there we come to the engine room, where we see Lilliput Swan. So in two minds how to describe this, one could either be the action scene... Just, just read, just read oh, the description yeah. on the... Uh, <laughs> literally <laughs> what yeah, we, like did. we all did. Yeah, like, where's literally my description? All of us did. Oh, yeah. You basically... No, I kind of imagine it is like a 
I'll, I'll just describe him. He's basically yeah, old, gruff, engineer, loves engines. <laughs> that's, that's it. And the rest. What was the... Oh, God. We helped. <laughs> There's been additions to my character sheet that I'm compelled to, compelled to read out. Okay. Yeah, so Lilliput Swan, he's a, a gruff, uh, gruff head engineer. You know, he gets to the point... Um, and it doesn't mess around. He loves engines, smells a bit of wee, and speaks with a heavy South African accent. <laughs> <laughs> he cannot do either of those things. <laughs> he most certainly does not smell of wee. He smells of grease and oil. He's always covered in black splodges and like big stains of oil down his arm. He carries a massive sort of um, wrench on his shoulder and a spanner in his side. But... You know, wrench and spanner. Uh, it's not that useful, but that's what he was issued. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what, well, the, the wrench is kind of more of a, you can tighten it around. Monkey and, wrench? Yeah. Yeah. But that's all he was issued with, and he's now, they're not very good. They're not very useful. Yeah. All his crew have, like, really nice, like, multi-tools. He's like, what? I've just got these two. He's set in his ways, and he can't get unstuck, which is oh. ironic, really. He hasn't even got a can of WD-40. He's learned to adjust. Yeah, literally. (laughs) He's an adjustable spanner. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a Um, tool. (laughs) So, we're going to travel around a little because there are other characters here. So there are also minor characters we're going to be playing. And we have a musician on board with a very particular role. So tell us about Cal Reed. Uh, Cal, or or Vocal, uh, is as she's called, uh, is a sky whale singer uh, and line slinger. So her job is to uh, speak to any sky whales that might be in the path, the flight path of the dreadnought, or uh, you know, close to the area where like the you know the fleet is moving. So she's been like augmented to be able to to sing whale song, sky whale song. Uh, and uh, when she's not doing that, she's a line slinger, which I think we'll probably come to in a minute, but basically like drop troops or paratrooper type characters. And she uh, wears like dungarees and has like, you know, kind of mangy dreadlocks uh, and like a nose piercing. Uh, Plays the harmonica. And those lots of songs, not just theme from Last of the Summer Wine. Unlike everyone I know who's ever learned to play <laughs> that. Wicked sings it, but in whale song. Meanwhile, travel through to the medical area. The infirmary, what is it? It's, a, it's an infirmary. Okay, the infirmary. I'm just more checking that's the name, really. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, s- some of these things might be because I've watched a lot of Deep Space Nine lately. <laughs> that does answer some questions that I wasn't asking. So, tell us about Dr. Mangles. Dr. Mangles um, is the doctor aboard ship. and uh, But since there are uh, people who are, you know, part augmented with machine parts, she also has some uh, mechanical skills too. So, she wears a, an apron, it's a leather apron, but instead of just being smeared with blood, as would you would expect from a good doctor, um, it's also oil as well. That. Oh, it's got a steampunk monocle, obviously, um, which works the same as Geordie LaForge's visor. 
Has she got an eye under it? Yes, but it's not that good. She, I mean, she's worn it so much that it's kind of done weird things to her optic nerve. So she's quite good at seeing in these different, um, uh, what do you call them, like different phases of like like uh, infrared and ultraviolet and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And, and just, you know, she takes it off. It's just going to really mess with your vision, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Meanwhile, in the mess hall, we find Sergeant Borum. He's a sergeant in the 17th Infantry Brigade, the line slingers, who are drop troops who basically slide down the wires from the ship to fight front line in battles. These are the troops that are going to be core to this mission. Most of the time you're going to see her in the uniform of the 17th, which I'm sure you all know what that is. Yeah. Yep. Good, because I haven't really thought it through. It's weird they went for green fur, though, isn't it? <laughs> quite quite <laughs> an Orville green... look to it, but that There's was their a choice. There's a design document that covers this. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually scrimnetting. Like Scrimnet Orville. <laughs> Scrimnet Orville. I loved their first album. <laughs> and so if we travel back towards the infirmary, we'll find... The steam room? Okay, yeah. So uh, Jean-Paul is a uh, a talented masseuse in the hospitality division (laughs) of the battleship. Um, And uh, he plays a a very sort of important role, just sort of relaxing the the, the troops, helping them unwind when they're on uh, a little bit of sort of R&R. And also he can sort of assist with sports injuries by, you know, providing sports massages, uh, which is quite important after a heavy day of fighting. Um, and in addition to that, uh, he's got a very clear role enforcing sauna and steam room <laughs> etiquette uh, in the, the the health spa in the, the that's uh, set in the lower decks. Nice. Yeah. I, I know this seems quite ocean liner. <laughs> this dreadlord, not it's really, uh, really, yeah. pretty effective. Yeah. yeah, it used to be like a pleasure cruiser, right? Before we re- retrofitted oh, yeah. it. So, so, so yeah. is this like a Queen Mary kind of affair? That makes sense, actually. <laughs> oh man. I'd have totally be on the cabaret. Yeah, so uh, I think I'd written that in the locations bit. Like the the ship was uh, initially sort of commissioned as a uh, as a luxury cruiser, um, and they got as far as the bottom deck and they installed the health spa uh, before the the company went bust and it was bought out by somebody else that turned it into a vessel of war. Um, and uh, so it, it was cheaper just to keep it. And then they were like, "Do you know what? That's quite a source of pride. We'll uh, we'll have this sort of." weird little luxury floor and we'll properly staff it and man it as well so um, this is the kind of ridiculousness that makes me love playing with you guys (laughs) one one deck pleasure six decks pain (laughs) um okay that smells good yeah, my again. I've really, uh, really underplayed these characters. I've got an engineer guy and another engineer guy. It's almost like you undid this half an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, who knew? Sounded good ideas in my head. Bear in mind that a big part of your secondary character's role is for scenes where your first character can't be there. Yeah. So having them almost the same, I'm just going to put it out there, is going to limit your opportunities <laughs> to really get your second okay. character out into any useful scenes. Okay, Slippery Jim has he's on the um the gun servicing team. So okay. like you've got all, along the decks, you've got all the guns sort of lined out, and like you've got the special. It's almost like each warrior has his own locker, 
And so yeah. basically, it's my job. I'm locker monitor. Slippery Jim has managed to sort of get on board. He didn't have any qualifications, but he, he knew he wanted to be on that ship. He had a reason to get on that ship. And they were like, oh, and he's just like, please, you've got to let me on. They're like, um, what have we got? Locker monitor? I'll take it. I'll do it. But it turns out that, that but he's really, he owns it. Like you open your locker and it is, everything is in order. Your gun is ready. It is oiled. It is ready for you. There's a handwritten note saying, you know, all the best in today's fighting. Go smash him, son. <laughs> and a little cookie. Yeah. He bakes food. It's funny because it's, it, when, when he first got on board, he was pretty sure he had the perfect role. He was like, I know a lot about steam room etiquette. No, I'm sorry, guy. Uh, you are not going to believe this. Do you this, also do those lockers oh. for like the people in the sauna? Oh, absolutely not. There is a strict hierarchy on this ship. You need very high level yeah. clearance to get into those saunas. And 10p. You need to know yeah. tower art before you Got get to those. That's work your way up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the week-long tail art course yeah. <laughs> you need to pass that and that is tough to pass yeah that's that's but that's um you know that's slippery jim he's just an honest guy you know he's not got any secrets he's not he's not hiding any secrets he's not there for any other reason than the reason he's there and you don't need to worry about him that's why he's got that name slippery jim <laughs> yeah you the don't lockers. need to worry about him like you you could forget about him on the ship you know sometimes you won't see him for days <laughs> but it's fine because he's innocent he's not doing it <laughs> i your 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 t-shirt saying there is nothing here to look at don't look at me a lot of questions already <laughs> yeah. answered by your t-shirt it, my t-shirt just says don't ask questions <laughs> <laughs> so is Slippery his first name and Jim is his second name? It's kind of a nickname he got. And he, the thing is, he doesn't know why, because he's not shifty. He's just always... He's like, if he's, if he's standing against a wall, he's kind of... <laughs> he'll just lean back, whistling. Care, not a care in the world, flicking a gold coin. <laughs> and then if someone comes past, he's why like... Why isn't he whistling, oh, Jim? darling. <laughs> Everyone that passes... Well, oh, darling... He's just innocuous. Just don't worry about him. He's not He's not what you think he is now. I now think he might be the worm. No, he's a good guy. <laughs> he's a good guy. He's too slippery to be a traitor. <laughs> yeah. If I've been in the sauna room, mm, that's slippery. Now we're talking danger. Now that's danger. Okay, so let's make our first crossroad. And so a crossroad is an important decision the kingdom must make. It must be something the kingdom does or decides, not something that's done to it. A simple yes or no decision. And I think the first question here is in the intro, I observed that the forces of the Thunderous Vow, the 9th and the 17th Infantry Brigades are embarking. And I think maybe the first crossroads is that the 17th haven't arrived yet. And so... My suggested question, do we wait for the 17th? Does that seem like a good starting point? We were waiting for the or. There's no or. It's okay. a simple yes or no. How does it get answered then? We each take a turn. So we each will play a scene on our turn, basically. So you make a scene and you check a box and then you can do reactions after. So we'll go around in order and 
each person with a scene, you say where it's going to happen and who is with you and what the characters are doing there. And the important thing there is to paint a clear picture of the situation. Like if we go in order, so the first character here is Adam. Why do you always pick me? I was going to say, yes. (laughs) Um, We can start with me. If if you want, I'm very happy to start because I feel like this is this is a command thing. But also, you like it's you picking the scene, so you can pick everyone else, and it would make sense to have the commander on it. Yeah, can I have? Can scene. you have scenes with someone else's main character? You would decide what characters you want, okay. and it suggests uh, two to three characters is ideal. You can have more. You can even do like a solo character, solo scene. Just like slippery Jim, just cleaning the lockers. And what you want to do is to show what your character says, thinks, and does, and to find what the other characters think about the crossroad, and then to use your role and to respect the roles of the other character. So, for example, if your power, you can be giving orders at any point, and those orders will be carried out. If your perspective, you can be predicting what will be the consequence at any point, and those consequences will happen. If you're touchstone, when you express any attitude, the people of the kingdom feel the same way. I think we should wait. Yeah, so do we! (laughs) (laughs) And the kingdom is like the whole kingdom is the Carvalhoz, not just the Dreadnought. The kingdom is just the Dreadnought. Okay. So everyone can use one role during a scene reaction or while resolving a crossroad. So if you change roles, you can only use one in a given scene or, or choice. Gotcha. Uh, well, I have an idea for a scene. Okay, cool. So where are we and who's there? The gangplank uh, is still down or has it been raised? Yes. Okay, uh, so... Adam Eagleank just he climbs up onto the top of the gangplank. Uh, he turns around, uh, and his dog is is Caval is barking on the monastery tower, being held by one of the monks. And he says, "Stay, Caval," uh, and then turns uh, and heads towards uh, the Juris of War. Yep. Who is so? We're on the sort of yeah. I guess the on on the deck, really, the top deck. Yeah, on the deck. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do we salute each other? I suppose that's something we do. Yes, absolutely. Because we're technically, although this mission's under her command, she's we're technically of equal rank. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, yeah, salutes. Says, uh, sorry to spring this on you. This, I know this is your mission, and I wasn't meant to be here, but... Uh, we're, they... we're grateful to have you, Adam. Your insight will be important <laughs> to everything before us. Well, that's partly why I'm here. Uh, they they want me to try and get a better understanding of the Broken Wheel's rites and rituals and the, the kind of magic they're using. And for that, I've, you know, I'm going to need to to use some of the seventeenth uh, to kind of help me gather stuff. 
So if you could just send, direct me to where they are. and The 17th, eh? Um, yeah, they're coming, aren't they? The 17th, well, the 17th should have been here two days ago. But aside from a couple of troopers, we have no sign of them. I hoped you would have word. No, I... Uh... The decision for me to join this mission was quite late. I've come straight from uh, straight from the capital. And you saw no sign of them on your travel. I suppose you wouldn't have expected to. No, not at all. We haven't heard anything here. All right. Send messages to headquarters. She like calls over an attaché and like and is saying, send messages to headquarters. Get the word out as fast as you can. This is unacceptable. We need to know where they are and when they'll be here. This is potentially a serious problem. We have the ninth, but it's not many people. Not as many as I think we'll need for a mission like this. Yeah, I agree. And see? Yep. Okay, great. So. If anyone has a reaction to that scene, a reaction is a short monologue. To make a reaction, say where you are and what you see, think or do. Just summarise what happens. I think that while they're discussing that, Hercules Garrick is in the room, measuring them up yep. for, you know, for their suits, because they've got to look sharp, got to make a few adjustments. <laughs> you know, uh, the, uh, the jurist is... It's really he's he's been working out, so he's he needs you know some adjustments making. And uh, Joris of War, uh, she's going to need some kind of adjustments just because you know shapes of things have changed a little bit. You know we've got to stay mm. on fashion, but also stay sharp. So I'm um, I'm taking measurements, and I, I'm just I'm not paying the slightest bit of attention to what you're saying. Huh, wink. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean this is, it is next going to be your scene. So you have the opportunity now to follow that up. I didn't really think any further than that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but this could be later because you know you have this information. I do like having information and certainly, um, you know, on the way back up to the balloon because we've got to make our adjustments to make sure everything's ready. We've pretty much been ready to go it's just because we've been waiting for the 17th for ages. We've sewed everything. I've started embroidering it yeah. just for lols. But, um, <laughs> Good year on the side. <laughs> yeah. Bloody brilliant year. Um, yeah. So um, on the way up, I'm trying. I've, I've been um, you kind of dropping hints to people and, and trying to find out more things myself as to what's happened to the seventeenth. Yeah. Um, so I probably talked to some of the other people who are um, maybe. So, have, we, have we got some more kind of who are the people who are le military but lesser in rank? I would say Amos Spades is probably a good opportunity because also he's the one that's always but, watching yeah. and looking out. And you also have Sergeant Borum, who's from the 17th, which I actually realised after I said they were missing, which is why we've got a couple of people who arrived ahead of time. <laughs> so he is I actually there. He meant to say the 9th. <laughs> but I think that's quite good because now you've got a character from a generally missing unit. Okay, so I'd suspect that um, it's it's probably just in the mess hall. I've just uh, casually got into conversation with Borum and Amos um, just to kind of find out uh, what kind of 
what their opinion is of it and why we might be waiting and what could happen if, for example, there was an issue with the 17th. OK, so where, are we in the galleries here, do you think, in, or like in the corridors around the... Uh... I was thinking metal, but yeah, 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 that makes more sense, yeah, doesn't the metal, it? Yeah, uh, the metal works as well. Could be sat around a table. Yeah, perhaps, um, you know, I, I just kind of come over and sit next to them uh, to drink my cup of tea. Okay, great. Let's uh, let's start the scene there then. I see you've got a nice cup of tea by there. Just uh, piping hot, lovely tea they make in here. Do you mind if I have a sit down? Oh, do join us, do join us. Be, be my guest. Cheers. So, uh, how's it been going with you guys? Uh, anything interesting well we barely left yet so it's it's kind of hard to uh to report on anything too interesting don't know what the hold-up is to be honest i'm getting a bit bored honestly or where are your mates yeah i'm wondering we're supposed to have shore leave only i got sick i got sick i ended up staying in the monastery have you heard from them at all i got a postcard got pinged a couple of days ago (laughs) And it said, uh, yeah, they're having a lovely time. But I, I'd expect them to have arrived around the same time, honestly. So I don't know quite where they're likely to be, because they should be here by now. I mean, what happens if they're not here? Do we leave without them? I, what happens if we leave without them? Surely we'll be understaffed. Would that mean we're more likely to lose? Or more likely to win? <laughs> <laughs> They've got less men. Pull out. Would that mean that we can travel lighter? Our supplies go further? We could go faster for sure, but... There's a balance to be struck, isn't it? And how long we can wait for them. Um, If we allow enough time for the enemy to prepare, then um, the point at which that starts to outweigh the loss of an extra division, then uh, that's that's the stickler, isn't it? Yes, but um, how, how long do we wait? And also, like, where are they? Why, why on earth would an, an entire infantry division just be having a lovely time on their holiday somewhere and not show up? That doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem right with, to me either. I, when we were away, we always got back. Just what was this illness that you had? Uh... Well, I don't, I don't want, I don't like to talk about it because it was quite embarrassing. But I did have the shit something chronic. Yeah. What was the embarrassing bit? No, that was the embarrassing bit. Oh, right, 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 okay. That was, uh, yeah, no, it was awful. And it's chronic, you say? Well, no, I mean, it was was bad for a while. It's not chronic as in enduring. Well, I don't know, I'm not a medical type. But, uh, yeah, suffice it to say, I got kicked out of the steam room pretty hard by that fella. Mm. He knows the rules. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't wasn't happy with me. Well, yeah, (laughs) you don't want to mix... uh... (laughs) <laughs> Mix shit and steam, do you? <laughs> He's got a point well, there. So I've discovered, so I've learnt. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm pretty good at fighting. I'm not a steam room etiquette specialist. And I'm not going back in the steam room until that's cleaned up. <laughs> I don't think you need to be a, a steam room etiquette specialist to know that you're not supposed to go down there and start aerating your turds. <laughs> <laughs> it's not eucalyptus. Look, those clag nuts weren't going anywhere without a bit of something to loosen them. <laughs> Listen, it's soldier talk. This is what we do. Um, <laughs> I think I might have killed that scene, Dad. <laughs> He's got us all stuck in a conversational loop about shit. 
<laughs> okay, so we had a prediction. If we wait, we give the enemy time to prepare for our arrival. Mm-hmm. You can forecast even more definite than that. You can go so far as to say, we will lose or we will win and it will happen. So you can be as forceful as you like on those. And you had, there was something as well, if we don't, we're going to be shorthanded. We shorthanded, but we will get there faster. Mm. Okay. Have you done the reacting to that scene part you can now react to that yeah if anyone has a reaction to that scene (laughs) you can now react to the steam room shit (laughs) yeah so kind of as the as the conversation splits and they walk away i think the camera pans round to sort of just see a lone figure sort of half in the shadows kind of standing there and you realize he's actually half concealed by a locker and he sort of turns (laughs) <laughs> and has a little smile as he places a cookie inside one of the lockers and closes up the door <laughs> and then walks to the next one. <gasps> Saboteur! <laughs> uh, slippery Jim. We trusted you. And the little co- there's a note. There's a note with each cookie that says, eat me quick. <laughs> Best before later. <laughs> Um, I think that Amos's reaction is probably going to be to, to take that information and, and head down to the navigation room um, and start like double check on sort of some of the um, the bits of equipment that he's got, like unreliable sort of seismologers and that sort of thing that's trying to get like that he says will be able to sort of detect large scale movements of uh, of enemy troops um, at <laughs> distance, but movements. but obviously in fact are. Uh, Basically, just um, indicating the the hum of the forward engines. Um, <laughs> so he's going to have a little look at uh, at that and start trying to sort of war game out the possible scenarios. Uh, and he'll probably sort of go and speak to Slippery Jim um, on on the way because uh, Slippery Jim he knows his lockers, and so he's going to have a really good sense of how many are empty. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. So that might be where we take Amos' scene in a little bit. Any other reactions to that? So the captain is uh, the Juris of War, I should say. She is making her way down to the engine room to see how engineering is going. And so she has called. In fact, she's going to call as she goes past Hercules Garrick as well. Hercules Garrick! (laughs) In his (laughs) balloon baboon role. So it's going to be Hercules and Lilliput down in the engine room, which is hot and noisy and smells of oil. And everyone loves engines. But I assume (laughs) it's like really well kept as well. Not really, (laughs) no. It's chaos down there because these machines, (laughs) like they're kept alive by just the sheer force of will of me and my crew. We're just like... The thing is, this was never designed to be... Oh, actually, right, okay. So as they come through, it's like... And the thing is, lad, these were never designed to be aerial or to aerial combat vessels, right? You look at the 7-7000 over there, right? That's designed for war. This thing, it's a it's a bloody pleasure cruiser. Have you seen down on the decks? They've got a sauna <laughs> down there. Oh, this is... Oh, I'm concerned. Yeah, pull on that bench, lads! There's three guys pulling the wrench, but two of them are off the floor, and it's just this big, beefy chief engineer. 
Oh, pull it but down. also, like the, the the ship is held up by like balloons, <laughs> and we're not going anywhere at the well moment. So balloons. all these engines are whirring around completely pointlessly because <laughs> we're just sort of static. <laughs> Maybe we're hovering yeah, a little bit, and it's just trying really see, hard to stay in the same place. It's got to ticking over. We never get them started. That's it. Yeah, you've got to keep them running. Worst thing is on these seven seven thousands if they seize up. Absolutely <laughs> terrible, I tell you. God, I keep... Don't stop wrenching! For the love of God, do not stop wrenching! <laughs> Good lad, Keeper. A steady pace is bellows! Don't stop bellows! If you stop, the whole thing explodes! That's it. Basically, I've rigged it because the whole thing, there's so much fuel going through the system. If we stop wrenching, the whole thing just fucking explodes. <laughs> it's just an absolute. But the thing is that, you know, I was bought on late in the design process and I'm like, how do I tell them this thing is a an explosive time bomb? <laughs> and like, how's it going? Oh, it's good down in engineering. Oh, never a dull moment. <laughs> And so, yeah, Debadiah comes in, gives you a salute. Oh, snap my heels together. Swift salute. He's like, Master Swan, still fighting the wind, I see? Aye, Captain, aye, aye. <laughs> Don't you stop! Sorry, uh, sorry. Master Garrick, I would appreciate both of your opinion on the overall state of the ship and our point of readiness. If we needed to leave straight away, would we be able to? Aye. Balloons are looking good. If, yeah, if anything, sooner the better. These engines have been running flat out for a day now. <laughs> We're actually consuming quite a lot of fuel. I did send this up with a runner, one of the um, one of the boys. I think I don't know what his name is, James. I think. And uh, yeah, we're really burning through fuel pretty badly now. And we've been working on quilting up in the <laughs> <Not> blues. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> we have had the thrusters and the brakes on full throttle. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need all the fuel to the reverse engines to counter out the full <laughs> We've broken all of the tethers. We, we, we can't stop. We've snapped the anchor. We're just this sheer good luck that we haven't gone anywhere. I'm brutally honest with you. We'd have to suck out some of the air from the balloons. Hopefully, we'll back in later. That's, she's, she's right. We're too buoyant, if anything. We're too buoyant. <laughs> he was not meant to be like this. And this was not the situation I was meant to be painting. <laughs> Okay. Well, this is a problem. Broke your world. Uh, oh, Pete. Honestly, I've been so worried about ruining your background. I'm just like, fuck it, in for a penny, in for a pound, in for a schmeckle, in for a gold. Might be as well be home for a sheep as a lamb. Yeah, such a good saying. Such a good I saying. Yeah. So uh, the jurist says. I see. So you're content with the condition of the balloons, are you, Master Garrick? No, they're looking absolutely beautiful at the moment. We will puff back that air when the engines allow, when we want to actually go upwards. Yes, I, I have a question about that. How long can we sustain position from your perspective? Well, I mean, really, it's, you know, we've got some big lungs up there for sucking out the air, so it's... Yeah, we can we can certainly last a few days, but a lot of it's down to the engines, really. We're, we're, 
If the engines really, really want us to go, mm. we've got some ballast. Very good. So we can, we, we kind of, you know, we can, we can kind of counteract them with the ballast. All right. Very good. Thank you, both of you. I appreciate your input. Uh, hold on a second. You've just, just, just a little bit on the collar where the where you kind of sew that edge. It's, it was just, it was just hanging <laughs> a little bit loose. <laughs> you don't even know what's happened. Suddenly, you've got a slightly different collar cut. Lilliput doesn't want to doesn't want to lose face. He's like, oh yeah, hold on. Gets a rag out of his pocket, <laughs> licks the corner. Yeah, you got a smudge on your cheek. Yeah, no, just that's it. That's it sorted. No, you want. You're looking banging. <laughs> you just smeared something across her face. <laughs> just just, just engine grease. Yeah. yeah, she turns around. She has like a big line, like wall paint on one side of her face. Yeah, I, I'd intended to clean it, but it's made it much worse. And now I'm like, oh, God. And I'm looking at um, Hel Hercules and we're like, get out of here. Just keep smiling. Because <laughs> we're both, me and Helcut are grease monkeys. Helcut? Hercules. Well, I'm much classier than you, and for saying that, without you even realising, I'm embroidering kick me on the back of your jacket. He sends out an olive branch, the Tristan Enigma, we will never be friends! <laughs> okay, so I think that's the end of the scene. She like salutes and marches out. Any reactions to that? I think Adam's sort of wondering why the ship is shaking quite so badly. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. when like we take the break on. <laughs> yeah, we, it's like we're building up with bur burning rubber at the moment. And there's a lot of balloon baboons that are really like... <laughs> yeah. Ready to just like puff the air back into the uh, balloons. Or it was helium and they're like... <laughs> Do you have any predictions? Um. So we, we have learnt that the kingdom is worried about fuel. And, and not surprisingly, under the circumstances. Yes. But no one seems to be concerned about where the 17th are. No, they're not as interested in that. They're interested in fuel, because that's where our touchstone is. Um, <laughs> so, do you, do you have any reaction to that, Gwen? Do you have any predictions coming out of that? Because I'm guessing your seismometer is going wild. <laughs> <laughs> I think it probably is, isn't it? And there's just a deep rumble, like a... <laughs> and the sound of beams kind of... <laughs> It sounds like the ship's about to tear itself apart. <laughs> and there's sort of sudden sort of shunts as it as, <laughs> as it just needs to release a little bit of power when it uh, it snaps against the the, the tether. Yeah, I, I think so. Amos is looking at his dials, which should get in like crazy amounts of interference. But he is also sort of used to serving on the vessel, though. So yeah. that that that's not an unusual thing. But the fact that we've been delayed and so. Uh, We've almost sort of built up a bit of a head of steam whilst also not going anywhere at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, is perhaps playing a little bit of havoc. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's he's probably sort of reading his his dials, thinking, "Oh no, oh, they're, they're certainly building up over there at the front. I, I'm not sure how much longer we can we can really sort of hold out before we just cut loose and go." <laughs> So is it like if we wait, the ship will catch fire? Yeah. Something like that. The ship has a very high chance of just exploding. <laughs> I, I think exploding is a lot, but catching fire is definitely like, it's like a thing that would then become a new problem. Depends yeah. what I've got in my balloons. But yeah, it's like... a real problem with hydrogen, <laughs> which I think we said was probably what's in it. I, I had this, maybe I've got a different um, gas in each balloon. 
Some are heavier than air, some are the lighter than air. <laughs> some of them are explosive. Some of them are pretty when you light them, they just kind of glow. You probably could change the... You'd probably have canisters of gas uh, that would be heavier than air to, to lower the ship. That You'd be like, Shh, put four-fifths of the heavier than air gas in because the steward doesn't know what gas is heavier than air. Come on. Oh, gas. Gas. I'm like, yeah, just just gas. You'd have to make sure you weren't in... When it exploded, you'd have to make sure you weren't in the ballast area. Yeah. A bit like blast area, blast zone, ballast oh, zone. I oh, 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 I see, yeah. yeah. Oh, you that could have said yeah. ballast yeah. area. Okay, very ballast. Yeah. Written. I'll work on rewriting it. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. The, next, uh, the next main is Amos Spades. So what's Amos up to? Uh, well, that, that's where Amos is. He's in the, yeah, the navigation yeah. room trying to interpret all of these uh, these dials, uh, I think. probably. Wait, I with... thought we just did that. I thought that's the scene we just had. Oh, no, we went to the uh, engine room. No, because he's like the navigation type thing, so it's more about monitoring. Mm, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I I guess he's going to be sort of hanging on there and probably waiting until the captain sort of pays him a visit, I guess. Okay, cool. So uh, Debadiah comes in. You're also talking about Slippery Jim. <laughs> yeah, let's let's bring a secondary as well. What what secondaries do we have? Um, hang on a second. Cal Reed, Doctor Mangles. Doctor Mangles. Uh, let's not forget Adam, just because he's. Uh... It's fairly important to the whole thing. Well, yeah. Like, what's Adam's role in this mission? Like, the Jewess of War yeah. is like the captain of the ship. Yeah. So he's like a kind of like general. He he's like a second general on the mission. He's like a super high ranked figure because the Thunderous Vow are kind of the people leading this fight. So he's kind of pretty senior. Number two. Yeah, number two. He could he could be a freak. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So prob- probably. Probably the two sort of the two Jewess, um, and maybe yeah. Slippery Jim. Seems like I, I actually mentioned that he was going to try and catch up with him to find out about. Although he doesn't really need to, if he's got the two Jewess there. Yeah, that's true. To know about sort of uh, the, the strength of the unit. Yeah. Okay. So we're in this navigation room. There's a glowing circular screen dominating the center of the room, showing a map of the local area. I feel like maybe it's like a relief map. But it's like a relief map that's drawn on with rods that come out of the surface. Yeah, like those, you know, those like um, things you can press your hand against and yeah. all of those pins sort of go up. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Oh, cool. So it's like that, but it's the mountains. Yeah, which is cool because also that means that in order to press them up in the in the correct manner, what you need to do is construct an actual 3D model that you press up, so which you could just use anyway. <laughs> it's just a waste of time. Well, yeah. Someone's really good at uh, this poking ball. Like. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, it probably does it with some kind of magic sonar. Yeah. But let, let's imagine that's what it's doing. So sometimes a bird flies underneath and like one of the mountains suddenly gets super <laughs> tall and then shrinks again. Yeah. <laughs> We're all used to that now. Yeah, it's like a slightly slightly noisy image. Clack. It's just like click clack, click clack. Something <laughs> something a bit out of joint, but yeah. So I think Debadiah comes in, salutes Adam. Ah, my, my lord, my lady, uh, th- thank you for, for coming along. I've been running a, a few projections and I, I've got to say that the readings that I'm getting, they're, they're not very, not very favourable. How much longer do you think we're going to be hanging on? I'm awaiting word, but... As yet, we've had nothing. What 
what do your instruments indicate, Master Spades? Um, well, as far as I can see, then the uh, the build up uh, on the on the front is certainly escalating. Um, it uh, if I didn't know better, I'd say from all sides, but but that's probably just uh, a little bit of error in the in the readings. Um, we, we've got to assume that, uh, that really this is just a, an indication of uh, of what's happening over in the in the destination. Um, so it is a, a toss up as to how much longer you you want to wait. Um, I, I guess that there will be a, a certain point at which they will have just uh, assembled and um, and uh, be able to start sort of digging in and, and, and fortifying it. And perhaps at that point, um, any advantage in moving quickly would be lost and we might as well wait anyway. Um, but uh, yes, I, I would certainly... I, I think we, we've probably got a choice, um, haven't we? We are at a crossroads. Yes, yeah, so, so without knowing what it is that has delayed the, the 17th, I think that if we were to if we were to press on now, then um, we'd be able to make a, a, a decent beachhead, um, if you like, and, uh, and try to stem the flow of uh, any build-up. But we would be sort of mounting a, a holding operation um, under... Not dire circumstances, but certainly stressed and strained um, circumstances. Whilst we await uh, a, a relief vessel with the rest of the seventeenth, and then we could we would be able to start pushing on with uh, uh, with our mission. Uh, other than that, we could we could simply wait for the seventeenth, um, and then we would be we'd just be fighting a, a different kind of conflict uh, I suppose it would be sort of less us having been able to move in and hold a, a defensive perimeter and more about us assaulting the defensive perimeter that, that they will have been able to to set up yes I think I think you put it very well this is clearly said thank you uh, thank you master spades what do you think Adam what do you see here uh, so Adam sort of leans over the edge of the map like oh, drops his head a bit it's just like I Still no word from the 17th? This is unacceptable. I've had runners come back and forth. No one has heard anything yet, which in its own right is concerning. Are they coming? Have they been sabotaged? If, if I can venture, I think, I think the, the losses would be heavier if we if we leave it so that we are assaulting a fortified position. Um, however, if, if we were to move quicker, it absolutely relies on the 17th actually turning up, otherwise we are stranding ourselves. You are absolutely correct. Thank you, Master Spade. Adam? You're welcome. Okay, so I think that's pretty good. Do we have any reactions to that? I had an idea, but I don't think I'll do it. Okay. Anyone else? If not, we are going to come round to the final main character, which is Lilliput Swan. Where do we find Swan? And who's mm. with him? We call him Lily. Yeah, that's fine. Call him Lil Swan. He's dropping his uh, hip hop album next week. <laughs> call him Lil Pots. <laughs> is it similar to Follow, where this is the last scene, then we this make is a the decision? Last scene, and then we make a decision. So it's going to be Adam. It's basically everyone, all of the mains have to be in the captain's office to make a decision, don't we, really? Uh, no, that's after this scene. Oh, so, so there is a. So there's this scene, and then there's a stage where we make the decision. Yes, but I meant 
is that a decision we make in an IC setting, like having a conversation in a room, or do we make it sort of an OC, like, okay, what? It, no, it's more like an OC choice. So we should probably have a conversation with all of us in room, or do we want to just do something random? Really, you want to be saying what what we want to get from this is also what your character thinks we should do. Okay. Your character's attitude reflects what the attitude of the rest of the forces aboard the airship is. Okay. So it's the wider sentiment. It'll be, um, what's this called? Lilliput and Adam getting a one of the first officer couples massages. So they can kind of, he's like, <laughs> he wants some time to kind of be like... <laughs> Listen, Adam, you you got to help me out. The crew, it sounds like we're about to go into a massacre. I just, I needed to get you alone for a bit so we could discuss this. Don't worry. Oh, it's also got, um, obviously, Gwyn's uh, masseur. Don't worry. This guy's mustard. <laughs> no, of, of course, sir, you do not need to worry about me. Um, anything that you say in here is quite free. I'm... I must say, you are. Um, we are offering a, a quite a package here this morning, and um, I, I am I am glad that you're able to take use of, of the facility so soon in the mission. Uh, it, it is like we barely know. And frankly, I I am impressed that you have been able to claim your your multi buy um, at at this point as well. This is the sixth time that you have visited. Listen, work hard, massage hard. That's what That's I always say. That's what I always say. say. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Let's get on. Let's get this on the. Ah, that's painful. So Adam, mm, that's way harder than it was last time. What's the skinny? Me and my, me and my, my crew down in the old, the old monkey zone, the old oil bandits. We're hearing that you're uh, the old, the old grease scrum strummers. <laughs> There's word that we're about to go into something that doesn't sound good. We're we're down half the army by the sounds of it. But I've got to tell you, we've if we wait, we can't wait more than two, two, three days max, and we won't have enough oil to come back. Enough fuel. Listen, I've got plenty of oil, sir. Little knot. Uh, let me oh. just tease that. You've been wrenching hard. <laughs> yeah, wrenching all day, every day. He knows it. He knows it. <laughs> <laughs> You're very funny. <laughs> so, jurors of faith, you, have faith in me. What's the sitch, man? What's the sitch? What? <laughs> How's them hot stones, though? Yeah, they're good. On your spine, currently, hot stone massage. Come on, keep up, keep up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's hard to think about that when... Is, you know, got things on your mind. Um, on your spine. I love the idea that he's just dragged Adam into this massage. <laughs> 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 and, and Pete can't say no. If, if you wish, sir, we, I, can, uh, I can arrange for one of these sensory deprivation boots to be made available for you so that you can think a little better. We'll warm the water up so that it is just right. Adam, you I go mean, in there. Uh, 30 under... minutes. I, I, You will come out knowing the answer. 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, what's, sorry, I've forgotten your name. Very. I don't know why I'm yeah, talking like this now. Uh, Jean-Paul, sign him up. 30 minutes. He needs this. He needs a yeah, break. I, I, He's I had it tough. He's had it tough. This is the jurors of faith. Huh. 
Yeah. <laughs> Naturally, I, I will go and warm the water myself. Oh, Adam. Yeah. Well, oh, you under, are under different circumstances, you. maybe, but <laughs> but right now. Oh, uh, no. No, it's understand. I shouldn't have suggested it. Oh, now, um, Lilliput feels stupid. Why did he think Adam was going to have time to take a sensory deprivation dip? <laughs> oh, what an absolute rookie mistake. He's just made himself look like a complete idiot. This was a mistake. Wait, I'm going to get up off the table and he starts putting the, hey, rubbing no, the towel around. No, uh, no, I've no, got things okay, to do. It's okay. Listen. Sit back down. Sit and back he, down. He reached, just, oh, okay, just take it easy. Right. Well... Well, this is yeah. This is the problem. We've got to like, we've got to go. We've got to to stop the broken wheel. But is it worth is it worth doing without all of the people here? I mean, it's really uh, the Juris of War's call. Is it, or is it your call, son? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to go with your gut. Listen, we strike them hard. We strike them fast. These old 7-7000s fly very true. Yeah, they might be a walking, talking, living time bomb, but my what? God, are they fast. Get in, get out. One ship, one crew, one job. I'm in! Uh, Jack, fire up the booth. Fire up the sensory <laughs> deprivation. We've, we've cracked it. Jean's gone. He, he, he's out the door trying to <laughs> fire. He'll come back in. Uh, did, did somebody call my name? Um, oh, is, is it time for the eyebrow threading? <laughs> <laughs> uh, who wants to go first? I mean, you, you want to look your best if you're giving a big command. Is, is that not true? <laughs> okay, shall, shall we call the scene? Yeah. Now? <laughs> so, the crossroad is all marked. It is time to review. So, the crossroad is, do we, allow, what, do we wait for the 17th Infantry Brigade to arrive? The kingdom is worried about fuel and also that we are flying into a massacre. <laughs> Mostly about fuel. But it also states that is confident in the speed and reliability of the ship and the crew. And if we're quick and if we're efficient, we can get in and get out before... They spot us. And he's also got social anxiety believes. about whether we should have offered a massage to someone so important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at such an early stage of the campaign <laughs> and at such a pivotal key moment decision-making. So it's it's Lilliput under no, then? I think the kingdom is under go for it because we don't know what's happened to the 17th. Oh, yeah. wait. And he doesn't know the whole, if the 17th don't arrive, we're dead. Yeah. So he's saying wait, or he's saying leave without them. I guess the crew want to wait, but, you know, isn't that always the case with soldiers? Yep, okay, that's fine. They don't want to go and die. <laughs> so the crew want to wait. So step two, power, make a decision. Which path do you make the kingdom follow? Describe how your character makes the kingdom do it. I think the jurists of war... Or does the gangplank raised? Ooh. What does the Juris of Faith do? Puts it back down. <laughs> <laughs> I, he literally could, and that will place us in a tie. Yeah. Tells the navigation to set a course for the West Reach. 
So, we are going to be short-handed but arrive faster. We will be able to make a decent beachhead, but it will be hard to hold. So, I think we see the dreadnought travelling fast and light over the land. And we see the line slingers deployed in Westreach. There's like a fortress there, which is well defended against the land, but not against the air. And so we see this, like maybe a night attack. And there's flak and flares and line slingers roaring down into this fortress and taking control of it. And now we are over a besieged fortress above a hostile city. And so it's now time for the touchstone. Show how you feel. Tell us how your character feels about everything that happened. Well, actually, it was quite surprising because as soon as the command was given to get out, a cheer rang through the crew and people just got to work. There's people yanking on wires and winding pulleys and like, let her loose, boys! And then just <laughs> smacked the, the cog lock brake and she just flew. And then there was the exuberance. <laughs> yeah, like someone had popped the balloon. <laughs> and everyone started singing. Yeah. And everyone was, grab the wires firm, boys. Heave ho, heave ho. And then, yeah, just, you know, everyone's actually kind of exuberant, you know. Yeah, we're going to war, but it's exciting, you know. We've never had the ship up to this fast. Like, we've, you know, we've, we've practiced running the thrusters up to about 50. But when the order came through to sort of keep them running at 100, it was odd. And it was weird that it was just this sprawled note on a bit of paper, but they just <laughs> slipped under the engine room door. But... What the jurors of faith and the jurors of war want, they get. <laughs> so we've been re and now she's she's purring, she's purring. Nice. We're happy, we're happy, we're ready, we're ready for war. I'm not used to clapping. <laughs> <laughs> We've it's only weird. been doing this for five years. I have not been clicking for at least two years. It's like trying yeah. to uh, trying to jump and make your feet <clears throat> land on the ground at a specific time. It is yeah. weird. A ring set with a small red gemstone each and a ring set with a small blue gemstone each. And she says, if you put on the ring with the blue gemstone... You find how deep the rabbit hole goes. But if you put on the ring with the red gemstone, you go back to your ordinary life. Everything's forgotten. 
Um, no, uh, we is this the new Matrix the trailer came out today? <laughs> oh, I thought at first you were describing that, yeah. Duolingo's point system. <laughs> no, also, there was not, a hint of Ben Robbins in there. Um, <laughs> ben Robbins! So, no, she mm. brings out, after a moment, the rest of you place the blue ring on your finger and you will be in their memories. I don't think we should do this. Right, so <laughs> I'm going to throw my shoddy workmanship ring back in her face. Come back to me when it has rubies on it. I'm going to swallow mine. This doesn't seem like a good use of our time. I'm going to get a red ring and a blue ring and stuff them both onto one of Adam's fingers. <laughs> he just relives his memories over and over again. Hey Ben, we uh, you we know you dropped. Okay, no, I won't interact with him. Then fine. I thought <laughs> we'd do a little, if you don't, honestly. little interview with Robin. See what he's been doing. <laughs> what's, what's he up to? What you been doing lately, Ben? I actually don't exist between recordings. <laughs> this is quite what? a relief for me. <laughs> he's starting to go a bit more pirate the more he talks. <laughs> you better start believing in a kingdom. <laughs> Year in one. <laughs> It'd be amazing if we failed on the first crossroads, <laughs> which went into crisis, and the game ended without us even leaving. <laughs>